want to see people rip their heart out of their f***ing chest. What's happening, everybody? Philly Experience Podcast back. Another week going by. Still no sports. However, positive nudes. Uh, we've got NASCAR coming back, so there's a start. What? I know you guys aren't fans. <laughs> Wait a minute. I know you guys aren't NASCAR fans, but hey, hey, let me add this in here. Being the one NASCAR fan here, that's a start. Now that that's back, hopefully in the next couple of months, we can get plans organized in order for other sports, as far as basketball, baseball, and football, to start. You know, getting back into the swing of things. You know, we got training camp going to be coming up soon in the summer. We still want to finish out the NBA season. We still want the baseball season to start, but. What's happening recently, a lot of meetings are happening as far as, you know, baseball general managers, ownerships meeting, and, you know, they're trying to get a head start as to, okay, let's look forward into the future and see how well, what the best-case scenario is as far as what track to it's take about damn to get time. back open, uh, which is obviously the ultimate goal here. So topics today, uh, we're going to rock with uh, NFC, NFC East, uh, NFC actually in general quarterbacks. Uh, Tanner wanted to bring this up. It's a great topic. Um, get our opinions on, you know, what we think, uh, and our opinions, what we think the best quarterbacks in the AFC are. Because, listen, we want to bring up this Dak topic today. This guy wants $45 million. That's a lot of money. I know Jerry Jones doesn't want to pay him $45 million. He gave $100 million to Zeke, which, in my opinion, I thought was pretty crazy. Uh, that price tag a lot, especially for running back. So we want to touch on that. Uh, Bryce Harper makes some comments big regarding salaries in the MLB. So, you know – being a Bryce fan myself, you know, I always got his back, but I know a lot of people out there uh, disagree with, with what he said, so we'll touch on that too. I also want to uh, touch on the Last Dance documentary. Uh, that's kind of been keeping our attention, uh, you know, focused in the sports world in the past couple of weeks, you know, getting to see that every Sunday night, uh, which has been great. I thought the whole documentary that was put together was uh, amazing. And, uh, you Ooh, know, obviously yeah! us not growing up in that era, getting to see it in the 90s basketball was great. And uh, last couple here, we want to go uh, NBA season. You know, where do we go from here? I know Adam Silver's having meetings and, you know, trying to figure out maybe we'll go two cities and then that's where the games will be played. We won't travel um, and there won't be teams going all over the coast, um, you know, up and down the coast, I should say. And, uh, yeah, that'll be it. So let's kick it off here. I always want to start football on this show, you know, big football fans, all of us. Um, and I want to I want to bring Tanner in here. Tanner, uh, what do you want to say? What do, how do you want to kick this uh, kick this off with the NFC uh, quarterbacks? Well, I want to do this because I believe the NFC is the one of the com- other than the AFC is the competitive. It's more competitive than the AFC uh, quarterbacks wise. I hate um, you. And I just feel like uh, people have different opinions on who the best uh, quarterback is in the NFC. And I'll just start right off saying my list in order. Mm-hmm. Russell Wilson, Carson Wentz, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, and Tom Brady. Those are my top five quarterbacks in the NFC. Um, Tom Brady? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you got to put Tom Brady on the list, uh, man. Yeah, you know, I, listen, I can't argue that. Man, uh, 40, what is he, 43, yeah. 42 but, years old now? Yeah. I can't argue. But listen, this isn't – I didn't do this mostly off resume. Um, I did do this off of last year's stats and either way, Tom Brady would be on here. Definitely would be closer to the top. If this was off, he would be on the top if this was off a uh, resume, right? But I put Russ at the top because, uh, he had the most passing yards of these guys on the list with 4,110 yards. He had 31 touchdowns 
in five only five interceptions. Um, he played two games in the playoffs, so you got to factor that. And he threw 602 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, unfortunately, we got to see that firsthand mm, uh, yeah. with the game that he won. Yeah, and I put this may be um, more questionable. You guys may uh, question this, but I put Carson Wentz just under Drew Brees as number three um, because Carson Wentz, with what he did with uh, the weapons that he did not have, right. um, he still passed for he passed for four thousand thirty nine yards, twenty seven touchdowns, seven interceptions. So I have Russ restate the uh, orders: Russ, Carson, is Russell, Drew Brees, Carson Wentz, Tom Brady, and Aaron Rodgers. Um, and yeah, Drew Brees he only played eleven games. But he still had 2,971 yards, mm-hmm. uh, passing 27 touchdowns. So he would have had, I think he, he could have had more than Russell Wilson if he played those uh, six more games. He only had four interceptions. Uh, he played in one playoff game, 208 yards. But Aaron Rodgers is uh, below Brady. I'll get into Brady after uh, Rodgers because uh, Aaron Rodgers, this could be considered an off year for him. Mm-hmm. Um, even though he still passed for 4,000, just over 4,000 yards. He had 4,002, uh, 27, 26 touchdowns, uh, only four interceptions. He had 569 passing yards and just two playoff games that he played in with four touchdowns. Mm-hmm. And then of course, Tom Brady, uh, hasn't played in the NFC yet, but, uh, he will be going in as a top quarterback because he almost had the same situation. As uh, Carson Wentz, you know, although he did have Julian Edelman. And um, in the beginning of the season, you know, those wide receivers that he had, he had, um, I mean, he even had Antonio Brown. Um, So uh, Tom Brady uh, passes for 4,057 yards, uh, 24 touchdowns, eight interceptions. And they lost in the playoff game, but he still threw for 200. 209 is not a Tom Brady-type game with zero touchdowns in that playoff right. game. And we saw uh, how different he played. But I think Tom Brady will still be going in as a top uh, quarterback in the NFC. So, yes, Russ, Drew Brees, Carson Wentz, uh, Tom Brady, and Aaron Rodgers. Mm. Listen, I can't argue that list. Um you know, if I, I tell you, I'll let you go first, but mm. I'll go last year. But again, you know, that list, if you want to roll with that, um, you can nitpick and say you want to throw in, I don't know, maybe Matt Ryan. Um, and, and maybe maybe he'll sneak. I, I know. I'm listen, talking about last year. I hear you. Listen, I hear you, but I'm still believing in Matty Ice. You know, mm. him and that Julio yeah. connection. You're the only been one. There for years. But I'll uh, tell you, see, you can roll off here and I'll get my, uh, I'll get mine in uh, after you. All right. So here's my list. Obviously, with Tom Brady, you know, going over to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I'm sorry, six rings, he's automatically got to be slotted into that number one spot, automatically. So I got Tom You're Brady. Doing it first. off resume. I am. I'm doing it off okay. resume. I am. Right. Not just resume, but also overall play, like consistent play over the course of your career. So number one, Tom Brady. Number two, Drew Brees. Drew Brees has been a problem forever. Like. There's no arguing. There's no arguing about that. Drew Brees is always going to continue to be a problem in the he, NFC. 
he could have been uh, in talks for MB- MVP if he played the complete season. Easily. I, I completely agree with, uh, with Drew Brees second on that list. Easily. So at number three, I have probably an underrated quarterback that a lot of people look over, Russell Wilson. Oh, come on. Come on. No, listen. I have him as number one. <laughs> like Russell Wilson gets overlooked sometimes in in the NFC and it's a shame because he is one of the top five quarterbacks probably in the NFL today and then I gotta be a little bit of a homer and put number four at Carson now number five for me was was kind of difficult but I ended up going with Aaron Rodgers only because like only because of his resume um I was close when I say I was close I mean I was real close to, to putting Dak Prescott in oh, that good. spot but I couldn't do it. Not just because I'm a Philly person, but because Dak Prescott doesn't have the resume like that these guys have. Every single last one of these guys have rings. All right? And every single last one of these guys have done some things on the field that Dak Prescott hasn't. Like for example, Dak Prescott has always had weapons around him. You can we can you guys can say whatever you want about Carson, but the simple fact that he threw for over four thousand yards this past season and didn't have one single receiver that caught over 500 passing yards, that's impressive. He was playing with guys that, let's be honest here, we were probably found in a Walmart somewhere. Like, let's be honest. (laughs) Like, seriously, he was throwing to those type of guys. Now, T, I don't don't hate you for considering uh, putting Dak Prescott on there, and uh, we have to put our bias aside, um, and we got to consider Dak Prescott. I did not put him on my list because I believe, obviously, Carson Wentz is better than Dak Prescott. Mm-hmm. Um, and all those other quarterbacks on that list are better. But last season, he did pass for 4,902 yards. He had 30 touchdowns and 11 interceptions. That's a 99.7 mm-hmm. yeah. quarterback rating. Listen, but, uh, t- t- uh, T, another great list here. I mean, th- mm-hmm. there's so many, like, like we, we mentioned, uh, you know, why, why we're doing this, you know, why we want to do NFC quarterbacks, and the reason is because there's so many uh, to choose from, and everybody's list is obviously different. But you know, when compared to the AFC, there might be not uh, as many, or there is more options in the NFC than the AFC. Um, so that brings me to my list here. Um, for me, number one, uh, right now, if I had to pick today, I would probably go Drew Brees number one. Mm-hmm. Um, this guy's been consistent throughout his career. I know he had the thumb injury last year, but um, every year he comes in. I think a big part of it, the re- his success is that dome in New Orleans, um, always in the playoffs. Um, I know he, you know, he's only got one ring. But, um, you know, when you're picking a leader for a franchise, um, you know, you got to put Drew Brees in there, number one. So I'll roll with Drew Brees, number one. Number two, uh, this was tough. I was between Russell Wilson and Rodgers, two and three. Mm-hmm. Um, and I picked um, I picked Aaron Rodgers, number two. Um, obviously, the Packers last year going to the NFC Championship game. In my, my time, um, probably one of the more quiet trips to the NFC Championship game that I can remember. Uh, they get the first round by – they get past Seattle and then they roll with, um, or they roll into um, that left, that final game there um, against San Fran. Don't get the job done, obviously. Um, so I go Rodgers, then Russ um, speaks for itself, Russell. And then I go Wentz four, you know, injury history. He's down a little bit further, still very young um, from a quarterback standpoint, still has the opportunity to get to that elite level throughout the rest of his career. And I'm going to roll with Matt Ryan five. I just feel like Matt Ryan's resume yeah, and uh, still producing at his age today. Yeah, it's been great. Yeah, uh, 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 uh. So who, who was go. on your list? State that in order. So it was Breeze, then Rodgers, then Russ, 
then I'm going to go Wentz, and then I'm going to go Matt Ryan. I'm going to put Matt Ryan in over Brady Leaving just because Brady. I think oh, I, I just God. don't think Tampa Bay. I'm not riding that bandwagon this year. I don't think they make the playoffs. In all honesty, really? Okay, I don't. Right. I'm rolling Matt Ryan. I think I've always been kind of a Matt Ryan fan. Die? I don't know why. I mean. I'm not, I'm not a Falcons fan, but I just think Matt Ryan's been consistent. Um, I know, I know, I get it. It doesn't have a ring. Um, kind of choked. It wasn't completely on him against Patriots in the Super Bowl. But I mean, it's, it's a guy that I've kind of root for for his career. He's a guy. He's likable, and uh, he won the MVP a couple years back, 2016. Um, and I just feel like during the Falcons aren't done yet. The Falcons are not a team we talked about or has been talked about in the news. I just feel like they're a team that you can quietly watch um, this upcoming season. And and you know I wouldn't be surprised if they get in uh, they get in a wild card, especially now. What is that? Uh, not this year, but next year they're adding that seventh uh, seed in the playoffs. So you never know. Yep. It just wasn't right the way that they went out uh, in the Super Bowl. Yeah, listen, <laughs> we'll be talking about just... that one for the rest of the time. Uh, yeah. That that Super Bowl. Uh, but again, um, obviously, yeah, some honorable mentions you want to name. I think Kyler. Um, you know, he, he's an up-and-coming quarterback in the Arizona Cardinals. A lot of people are saying, oh, Josh Rosen should have gave him more time. Listen, you put Kyler Murray in there. I know the Cardinals weren't great last year, but if uh, you have Josh Rosen again, in the quarterback uh, room and not Kyler Murray, mm-hmm. that's a big difference there. The Cardinals are probably a winless team. Uh, maybe they get one last year if they're lucky with Rosen at quarterback. So I think Kyler Murray's on the up-and-up. Um, Dak, like you mentioned, uh, listen, T, you made a good point there. I get it, Dak. He's a good quarterback. I mean – I know he's a cowboy, but he is a good quarterback. Yeah. He's not worth forty-five million. Um, I think probably. Yeah, let's get into that for a minute. Go ahead. We will. We will. That only only quarterback probably worth that money is probably Patrick Mahomes. Um, but again, yeah, like Dak's there, um, and I'm not quitting on Jared Goff either. No one mentioned Jared Goff. I'm not quitting on him. I think mm. uh, you know he's he's still not a top five quarterback, definitely, especially because you know the last season the Rams uh, underperformed in my opinion mm-hmm. but i still think Jared Goff being young and and the Rams having that offensive mindset with Sean McVay um still have Cooper Cup there still have Robert Woods there um i think they that Jared Goff can be uh you know if he gets you know better that's all about getting better in this league um and keeps improving each year that he can get up into the, maybe that top 5 uh, down the road well max i'm very happy you didn't name one player that i was maybe expecting one of you two to mention mm-hmm. as an honorable mention um, Matt Stafford. Ooh, Matt Stafford I, you know right. what? I'm just never have been a Matt Stafford fan. Um, I don't understand how he's still QB one. His numbers, he has good numbers. 2011 through 2017, he has over 4,000 passing yards for for each season, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's been to the playoffs three times: 2011, 2014, 16. Hasn't uh, passed the first round um, or the first game. Um, 2011, they lost 28 to four to New Orleans. Uh, he had a good game: 380 yards, three touchdowns, two interceptions. 2014, they lost close one, 20 to 24 to Dallas. And then their last game, they lost uh, six to 26 to Seattle. The team hasn't been to the hasn't won a playoff game since 1991. Wow. <laughs> but they're still willing to Jeez. take a chance on a guy who's 0-3 in the playoffs. And he's he was drafted in 2009. He was the first – I believe he was the first overall pick mm-hmm. in 2009. I he was. And I, it just – it confuses me that a team that hasn't won one playoff game since 1991 wants to take a – is still taking a risk on Matt Stafford 
who is 0-3 in the playoffs, and their last playoff game was what I mentioned. It, it was a bad game. 100% agree. Uh, listen, Matt Stafford, I haven't been, uh, The Lions in general um, have been a disappointment. Uh, they brought in Matt Patricia. Hoping maybe they can get something started there. Uh, defensive-minded coach. But – or. Yeah, defensive-minded. I, I was trying yeah. to think back to New England days. Yeah, he's Josh a defensive-minded coach. Yeah, Josh McDaniels, offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. So, um, Defensive-minded, and again, th- in my opinion this year, I thought that uh, the Lions could come out of no- nowhere and surprise everybody and take Tua. I really thought they, they could take Tua there and, and pass on Jeff Okuda. Not saying Okuda's not going to be great. I think he's going to be a, he's a generational talent at the cornerback position. But if you take Tua there and surprise everybody um, – you know, you move on from Matt Stafford. Um, Tanner mentioned all the stats there, and he, he really put yeah. it bottom I mean, line right there. I mean, Matt uh, Stafford hasn't been able to get the job done. Yeah, I was mentioning his stats 2011 to 2017, and he had over 5,000 uh, passing yards in 2011. Next year, he almost had a he almost had five. He's just around uh, mid 4,000s to 5,000 each year up until 2017, where it started dropping off. Um, 2018 and 19 but he's statistically has been an all right he has an interception problem Mm -hmm. um he threw over he had 19 interceptions in 2013 uh, with just 29 touchdowns but he is he passes the ball well down the field it's just he's not getting the job done and i don't understand why a team like the detroit lions are still willing to take a chance on this this the detroit lions has been the worst team, uh, I think in our, our generation, they've been known to be one of the worst teams. Yeah, yeah listen, take think, go ahead. I, think, I mean, I agree. I think Cleveland still has that, um, yeah. Well, yeah. Possible. <laughs> you, could throw, you could throw Jacksonville in there, too. I mean, yeah. but no, I agree. And I think it, it's up and down the whole roster. Um, no running back. You know, Matt Stafford has to, throw, has to throw the ball a lot each year. I mean, he's slinging it. Um, he got hurt last year, um, and, you know, I, I was expecting him, you know, with that offensive line pretty weak, you know, get clobbered a little bit more often. Um, I think, um, what was I going to say? Uh, now that they finally have, well, they got carry on Johnson and T, they get your boy, DeAndre Swift. Yep. Um, That's my young add, add a little bit, uh, running game, uh, add a little bit, uh, more power to the running game. And, um, you know, we'll see, I think a big part of Matt Ryan's success or Matt Ryan, Matt Stafford's success throughout his career was Calvin Johnson. Um, then Calvin Johnson surprisingly retired. And, uh, you know, he hasn't had that weapon since. Um, and we're, we're thinking, at least I am, maybe Kenny Galladay, as he gets older and um, becomes, you know, more productive over the next few years, can step into that role. Um, not saying he'll be that on that level, but, again, as, a far, as far as a number one wideout, we can see him grow possibly. Right. Um, since we're on this topic about uh, worst, uh, really bad teams, um, we mentioned the Browns and the Lions and the Jaguars, but also the Texans – have not made it to the Super Bowl as well. Mm. Those four teams have not made it to the Super Bowl. Uh, which team do you think is most likely to make it their first? I personally think the Texans were yeah, last season, were. but now that they take a, a big step back oh, from gosh. having a top wide receiver to trading him away for, as T says, for peanuts uh, or yeah. for basically gosh. nothing. Um, you piece of guys, Swiss cheese! Thank you. Chris. Who do you guys think the closest team out of the Browns, Jaguars, Lions, or Texans is? closest to the school mm. 
That's a good question. I'm leaning more towards the Browns. Go ahead, go ahead. I think I'm going to lean more towards the Browns only because they're still gathering talent while they still have talent on the roster. It's just that I think they just need a head coach to kind of get those young guys together and get them to play together as a cohesive unit. Like you said, the Texans took a step back. The Jaguars are relying on um, Gardner Minshew. Mm -hmm. However, they're going to have to rebuild that entire team, including the defense. And then having to offload and still pay some of that Nick Foles contract, it's going to take them a while to come back. So in the Lions, the Lions still uh, Lions still is a is a good couple of years away from being a contender. And un- unfortunately, I don't think they're going to be able to go anywhere so long as they have Matt Stafford at quarterback. Due to the simple fact that you know he's often injured and they really don't have it's very rare that they ever had like a reliable backup quarterback to back him up. Yeah, uh, I agree with you, T. Um, I'm going to go a different direction here. I'm actually going to say Houston Texans probably mm-hmm. saw the best chance. Um, I think Deshaun Watson is the reason why. Um, they have a franchise quarterback. I'm not 100% sold on Baker. I think uh, Gardner Minshew uh, will be a flash in the pan. Um, and I think that uh, the Lions are probably the weakest out of all four. So when you have a franchise quarterback, you guys know it. Uh, you got a shot. Um, that's where you start. Um, I think you know if they can get rid of Bill O'Brien – who I think is their biggest problem as of right now, obviously trading away DeAndre Hopkins. Um, defensively, they're okay. They're decent. Um, and the offensive line is probably one of their weaknesses right now. Uh, we'll see how David Johnson comes back, um, getting traded from Arizona to the Texans. Um, and we'll see how he produces. Kind of got faded out um, last year in that offense in Arizona behind Kenyon Drake. Um, so we'll see what happens there. But um, I think I'm going to throw in the Jaguars second. Um, I'm not going to go down the list. I just want to add the Jags one point here about the Jags. Mm-hmm. They just couldn't find a quarterback. They, you know, they had that ridiculous defense. They got A.J. Boye in, in there. They got Jalen Ramsey. Um, they just weren't able to have that quarterback. You know, they had Leonard Fournette, O-line. You know, everybody can improve on their O-line. Yeah. Some are just better than others. But yeah. I will I will say the Jags were always just, you know, that stud quarterback away, I think. Yeah, exactly what Max was saying. The Jaguars were so close in 2017 um, where it was a controversy loss to the Patriots where the Jaguars – uh, should have won, but the Patriots won. And we can get into that. But I agree uh, for Blake Bortles to almost take this team, the distance was surprising. And they had a good they had good receivers. Mm-hmm. That, as you mentioned, they have a good uh, defense. And they just couldn't get the job done. And that's the closest they've been um, for a couple years because they, yeah. they, they fell a little bit uh, right. the last uh, two seasons. Trading away those guys, too. Got rid of Rams. They finished, boy. Right. Yeah. They went ten and six in 2017, and that's, uh, that's the last we heard of them, really. And yeah. then you also have to think about the makeup of that team. That team was very defensive oriented, and they took the ball out of Blake Bortles' hands. Like, let's be honest here. Any sm- any any coach can think about think about how Blake Bortles plays and be like, yeah, I don't think I want that guy throwing too much. I think I'm going to run the football, and I'm going to rely on my top five defense. That was the biggest thing with that team. Yeah. That team defensively was feared throughout the NFL. Like Nobody really wanted to go up against that defense. Jalen Ramsey was a monster. Talk about Revis Island. He was a reincarnation of Revis Island. Nobody even dared to throw in his direction. That defense was just an absolute beast yeah. of a unit. AJ Boye. Um, Yannick, they had uh, Telvin Smith, uh, Campbell, and we have them to thank for Malik Jackson. Yep, of course. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Anything else you want to touch on this topic before we move on? No. Nope. All I right. think I'm good. 
I want to roll into this next uh, topic here, a little bit more uh, Eagles focused, mm-hmm. and I want to touch on this backup running back position. Uh, we know Miles Sanders is going to be the bell cow mm-hmm. uh, this upcoming season. Well deserved. Um, you know, he really grew, especially towards the end of the second half of that season uh, last year. And uh, we've got Boston Scott to back him up, but we really could use a veteran presence. Um, I'm going to name three guys here, and I want your opinions on what you're uh, in favor of here. You know, we've had talks with Shady to come back. Um, we've also yes. talked to Devontae Freeman, and we've also talked to Carlos Hyde. Those are probably the three biggest names. I'll stop so, you at number one, Max. Go ahead. Go right ahead. Oh, gosh. You Homer. McCoy. You Homer. This seems to be perfect. <laughs> you Homer. Right, this is perfect to me. Yeah. Uh, he's looking what? for just two more years. We need that veteran back. Um, he says he wants to come back home. What's he here for? Um, and I think it would just be great for him to uh, be working with a Scott and Sanders in the backfield, considering we did lose a veteran in the backfield that we had Darren Sproles uh, as veteran role back there. But I think this is just perfect. Now, I wouldn't say that he would be the best option. He'll be the cheapest um, option. I'll tell you he'll that. He'll be the cheapest option. And you said uh, you said Coleman, right? Uh, no, uh, Carlos Hyde. Carlos Hyde Carlos and Devontae Hyde. Freeman. Oh yeah, Devontae. Sorry, uh, Devontae Freeman. I I would I would like for Devontae Freeman to be on the Eagles, but I just feel like this Lashawn McCoy uh, possibility is just too perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, he's 31 years old, uh, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. and um, he he says he has a few more years. Why don't we give him a chance? Uh, bring him here. We don't need a um, no. We don't need an all star because we have um, Miles Sanders, and we're taking a shot on him, mm-hmm. which um, I'm still little hurt on us giving uh letting uh jordan howard walk and i feel mm-hmm. like we giving him another chance with sanders in the backfield would be great but uh LaShawn mccoy is definitely uh my option it's ridiculous think. all right so um you uh tanner you homer um <laughs> real quick yo shut your yeah LaShawn mccoy I still have his jersey take stop 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 you got everybody's jersey let's be honest here i wouldn't be surprised if you had the entire offensive line's jersey but anyway that's besides the point all right look i understand you trying to you know bring back LaShawn mccoy and trying to bring back the old you know lightning electric boys that we grew up watching with mike vick and Deshaun jackson and all that listen they're old uh that hey, era I heard, is I heard done. Mike Vick can still play, T. Yeah, he's still got the arm, but ask him to run now. I bet you that you can catch him. They're old. Let it go. You know who I want? I want Devontae Freeman. I want a power back. Listen, like you said, we got Miles Sanders. All right. We still um we brought back Clory Comment. All right. Yep. I'm sorry. These are elusive change of pace backs. I need a power back that I need if I need a yard, even an inch or two to get a first down, to get a touchdown. I need that power back. I need that guy who's going to carry two to three linemen on his back and be like, yo, get off me, little boy. I'm a grown man. That's the type of running back I need. Listen, I got nothing against LaShawn McCoy. All right. I love LaShawn McCoy. I think he honestly, in my personal opinion, out of all the running backs I've seen, he is the absolute best. I have never seen somebody juke somebody out of their shoes before until I've seen LaShawn McCoy. You could when, see it again, T. When people compare him to Barry Sanders, and I went back and looked at Barry Sanders' tape, that is real. That is no joke. But listen, he it's in the past. Let it go. Let him come home, let T. It, let T. It, I need no. a power back. Stop, um, stop putting your fandom in – stop putting your fandom before – you know, realization. Look, I love LaShawn McCoy. I do. But listen, let's be real. You need a power back. 
Not another I change agree. of pace. Uh, I, I, I'm happy you picked Devontae Freeman, though, so we can all, all go in different directions here. Uh, I'm going to go Carl Side, uh, and it's for multiple reasons. Uh, I'll go down the, I'll go list them all right now and go down the list. But uh, I'm going to start out, wrote down right here, Carl Side coming off of his career high in rushing uh, in Houston last season, 1,070 yards rushing, mm-hmm. um, which was productive. Um, stayed healthy the whole season. And, uh, you know, he's 30 years old, which is up there for running back. But again, you understand what I'm saying to you? We don't need him to be the bell cow. You know, we don't need him to be the every down running back. He's a bruiser, T, which you like. Um, and I, I think so, too. I want him, I'm want. i trying to, you know, think of that like Eric Blunt kind of role. Right. And I think he can play that for us. Um, probably be the most expensive choice. But um, I think Shady uh, would be my second option. Uh, cheapest is because uh, it would be the reason I would pick him him second um, i think because he's the cheapest option uh he did average 4.6 yards per carry quietly last year behind damian williams um mm. in kansas city i know he joined late in the year but uh he also sat a couple of healthy scratch a few games but he did he did average a 4.6 yards per carry which was uh, good to see Devonte freeman um you know watching him early in his career is great i mean you're talking about a, a number one running back um up and down the charts uh, had it all had the power had the speed um, but the one thing that I don't want to see in my players at all, and I don't think anybody does, is the injury. Um, he's That's missed true. a bunch of games the last two seasons. Um, last uh, Two years ago, had the, he missed almost the whole season um, with the, uh, I think it was a quad or a groin injury, um, had surgery, and then actually last year comes back and he averages career low uh, 3.6 yards per carry, which is what you don't want to see. Um, 28 years old, so he is the youngest of the three options. Uh, but can't stay healthy. And again, here's the reason why I say this. If you sign Devontae Freeman, Give him his five million that he wants. He he rejected offers from the Jets and the uh, Seahawks, four million uh, for one year. That he rejected both of them. He wants more money. Uh, if you sign him and I'll he plays three games for you, and then he and he bails out, he gets hurt. Then you're stuck with the same problem in training camp that you had. You only have Boston Scott. You only had Miles Sanders. So you got to have somebody you can count on. Last year, Carlos Hyde in Houston proved that. Um, age thirty season, but I still think he has a few years left in the tank. And again, last year he was the lead back at age twenty nine. He was the lead back. For Houston, I know they threw Duke Johnson in there a little bit, but he was a lead back in Houston, uh, and he got over a thousand yards rushing, which is yeah. you, know, you can't ask for much more. Um, yeah. And especially with the options they had, you know, they weren't running the ball a ton. They still had, you know, uh, Hopkins and Will Fuller, who, you know, inconsistent, but he, he's still there and he is a deep threat. So, I, yeah, I agree. Carlos Hyde was the lead back, and he he is definitely the best off the this list of three. Stats-wise, last year, you mentioned he had over 1,000 yards. He had 1,070 yards, six touchdowns. Uh, Freeman had 656 with two touchdowns. And McCoy just 465 with four touchdowns. Yeah. So, so okay, so, yeah, okay, you can convince me of Carlos. Actually, Carlos Hyde would have been my number two. And yeah. I do agree with what you say when it comes to Devontae Freeman and those injuries. And I understand, you know, your prospect of that. But the thing about it was Devontae Freeman was the feature back in Atlanta. He's not mm-hmm. the feature back. He's not going to be the feature back. Matter of fact, he's probably going to be the third running back. He's not going to get those kind of touches. Those touches are going to go to Boston Scott and Miles he's not Sanders. Gonna want, he's not going to want to be the uh, the three. I don't think so either. That's another problem. He did reject. Like, that's why I mentioned he did reject those those four million dollar year offers. He thinks he deserves more. He still believes he can be a superstar. Uh, he wants to be that leader in the backfield. Mm-hmm. I don't think the Eagles would be a good fit for him. Listen, listen I, I'm all for players getting their money, but y'all, these players got to understand when you see a good deal, take it, okay? Like, know your value. I agree. You're a running back, my guy. You have, you're coming off of injuries. Past mm-hmm. two seasons, 
You have hardly any value whatsoever. If teams want to give you $4 million for one year, you take it. Come yeah. on, man. And, and another thing, like Tanner mentioned, which was a good point, he wants to play. He wants to be one of the league guys. And we've seen over the last he couple of seasons his the, body's... The, Seahawks back, the Seahawks backfield cannot stay healthy. Rashad nope. Penny's probably going to start the year on the pup list, um, and he probably won't be playing for a few weeks into the season. And you're looking at Chris Carson, who's been carrying the load. I mean, this guy is getting 22, 25 carries a game. Mm-hmm. Pete Carroll's been running him like crazy. He got hurt last year as well. So if, you want, if you're Devontae Freeman, I'm surprised that he didn't take that offer. But yeah, it's a shame. He thinks he deserves more. Um, you know, he had a great early uh, career and then, you know, battled injuries last few years. But we'll see. I'm not a whole, against the idea of bringing him in, though. Uh, like, and, and T, I think he convinced me because he's not going to be that lead back. He may not get all those carries. All of them will obviously go to Miles Sanders, and he can come in as kind of a change of pace, maybe uh, second and short kind of role. You just kind of bust him up the gut, right. hopefully grab right. a few yards. Right. So I'll see how it plays out. I do want to mention real quick um, – Jason Peters, do you think we can close the book on his possibility of returning? You know what? Yeah, I, I kind of watched that interview a little bit. Um, I'm still not 100% convinced. I'm sorry. Still like, a possibility he it's comes not, back? It's nothing like that. having that old, reliable um, source to always go back to. That old, reliable girlfriend that always you can always <laughs> rely on to keep you company at night. Let's be Man. honest here, boys. No, the book is not closed. I wouldn't All be surprised right. if he comes back. I don't care what Jay, I don't care what Doug Peterson says. I don't care what anybody in the organization says. I can't believe we're still talking about this. I can't believe it's still a topic. Right. Jason Peters is still a name coming out of our mouths. Yeah. I, it's just I, I can't believe it. He he didn't finish the season, the Super Bowl season. Uh, we were curious to see if he was coming back uh, years later. Like no way he's coming back. He's retiring. No, he's still playing. Right. But I, I just can't believe that Jason Peters at this point is our number one, is the guy that we want to come back. Yeah. At this point, we want Jason Peters to come back, and I can't, I can't believe that. He mm. was um, he, he was limping to the finish line, as you can say. He's just Dude, he's for a few out years. Of gas. Yeah. yeah, he's running out of gas, and I can't believe we're still talking about him as a player and not a coach. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I think that, uh, Kelsey had it in an interview said um, – that Jason Kelsey I'm talking about said mm. in an interview that Dillard's one problem last year was power. You know, he didn't have too much power. No, he uh, didn't. He would get kind of run over a little bit. Uh, but again, if you bulk up in the offseason, um, not much to do during quarantine. So hopefully he's got a personal weight set at home and he's just, you know, lifting weights, got his personal trainer in there with him, hopefully. And uh, to you, you're the best one uh, to talk to about offensive linemen here. You know, obviously when you have more power, that gives you the oh, stability. Yeah. Peters has the power. That's the one thing he has still. But he just doesn't have that mobility. Yeah, power and experience is what Jason Peters has, and that, and especially that experience. That experience will take you a long, long, long way. Um, mm-hmm. One of the knocks with Andre Dillard coming out was that he didn't have that power, and that he came out. I believe he was only three hundred and fifteen pounds. So yes, yeah. he was going to need to bulk up, and that was his biggest thing. So having that year sitting behind Jason Peters and getting that experience and being able to bulk up, I hope will help because, like I said. He played in that game against the Chicago Bears, in which he went up against Leonard Floyd and Khalil Mack. He did not do that bad of a job. Yes, did he get bull rushed a couple times? Oh, yes, absolutely. But that's to be expected from a rookie. All right, he's yep. you're talking about a 22-year-old just coming fresh out of college, still got that baby strength. You're going, you're going up against grown men who got that grown man strength who's been yep. doing this for umpteen years. Yes, it's going to be a difference. Yes, you're going to have to train for that. And I, I think Andre Dillard is ready. Well, at this I think point, he has to be. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, I, scratch that. He does have to be ready. You don't have a choice. You were a first round pick. You better mm-hmm. protect my quarterbacks. 
Plural. I agree. Listen, it, the crazy thing about this is real quick, Tanner, is that he was, this man was was brought up in trade talks not just about two, three months ago. I mean, we're literally talking about Peters is coming back. Definitely, we might even trade Dillard, and now look where we're at, which is crazy. I mean, crazy. this guy was on. I mean, talk, we're talking about Philly Sports Talk Radio. People calling in saying, "Oh, Dillard's going to get traded. What can we get for him in the upcoming draft that just happened?" Um, and now we're sitting here on uh, what is it, May, whatever. What is it, May? May twenty first. First, and he's our starting left tackle. You know, mm-hmm. so Pete, Doug Peterson has faith in him, um, and it's time for him to to see what he's got. You know, we we talk about offensive linemen, first round picks, and offensive linemen. Look at all them, all of them that just went in this draft. That mm-hmm. just happened. Four of them. Yep. You know, they're, they're all starting, you know, we don't, and Dillard, you know, and some of them are really the raw. Some the ones that are Martin. starting, some of that's, there's a couple of them that are raw that I don't think should start, but they are. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're thrust into the position because, uh, you know, those teams need it. You know, we're talking looking at Andrew Thomas out of Georgia going to the giants and he's going to try to protect, uh, Daniel Jones there. Mm-hmm. So I these, think he's, you know, raw. it's time to shine. Dillard, Dillard's got to get in there. Um, and you know, we'll see what he's got. Um, if it doesn't work out. Uh, that's just a bad move from the GM spot, but that's another topic for another day because you know we yeah. still got to see what he can do. You know what? And you know what? I brought up before we move on completely from the football topic. I brought up you know players and their contract value. I, I just got to get this off my chest. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, Dak Prescott is asking for thirty five to forty million dollars a year, and in that last year of his contract, he wants north of forty five million dollars. Are you out of your freaking mind? Are you crazy? What is the matter with you? Listen, know your role. Shut your mouth. All right, dumbass. You're not that good. All right, cut that bull crap out. Let me tell you something. And I get flack every single time I say this, but it's the doggone truth. He walked into a scenario in which he had all-star receivers in a wall of China that we call an offensive line. And he also walked into an all-pro running back and a decent defense. I'm sorry. While Dak Prescott does have some talent, I'm not going to deny that. Dude, your stats are due to the fact that you have players around you, my guy. And then the one year that... The one year before they traded for Amari Cooper, when you didn't have receivers, and the only thing the offense had was Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott, you did not do that well. True. You really listen, didn't. This, you struggled. This, you couldn't have throw that throw that football down the yeah. field because everybody stacked that box. You're not that stinking good, dude. Hey. This guy was offered thirty five million from Jerry Jones per year, and he said no. I mean, that's just shocking. are you crazy? Would have made him the highest or one of the highest? No, definitely. it would. He would have been the highest. Yeah, the highest paid quarterback in the yeah. league. Pretty yeah. crazy. Uh, Dak Prescott definitely is should not be the highest paid quarterback in the league, <sighs> um, but. You're kind of going to have to make me be the devil's advocate here. Because that guy doesn't know what the hell he's doing. In 2016, he passes for over 3,000 yards. Um, He's got 3,000 in 2017, 2018. He's almost got 5,000 in 2019. Uh, He goes uh, touchdown-interception ratio of 30 and 11. Um, He's got – I mean, in his first year, he had 104 um, quarterback rating. Uh, He's – Average 97 quarterback rating. He is a good quarterback. Um, I can't believe I'm saying that. Um, <laughs> he is, and he T, is. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to uh, agree with you to make myself feel better that it is due to his weapons. I can't believe I, I can't believe those words came out of my mouth that Dak Prescott's a decent. Yeah, no, I gotta wash my mouth out with soap after with this recording. Um, yeah. Um, but also, I'm gonna go back to how we know we it's hard. Be, 
we could be biased here with saying Dak Prescott, um, uh, mentioning how he is an all right quarterback. And did any bias go into us putting Carson Wentz on the list? Um, let's settle this right now. Uh, is Carson Wentz better than Dak Prescott? Uh, yeah, I have to say yes, and I think T will agree with me. But uh, I was close. I think me and T were both close uh, to put to putting Wentz in our, or excuse me, Dak Prescott in our top five. Um, this guy can run the football. You know, that's one key that I like out of him. He can run. He's got a great body. He's a great body build. He's got an arm, um, and he's durable. He's a durable quarterback. He doesn't miss games. Um, and listen, I get it. The weapons that he has are great, um, but you need weapons in this league. Um, that's what makes Wentz so good. Watching mm-hmm. him last year with like Greg Ward and guys who haven't, you know, haven't produced in the league. They don't have a track record, um, which was so surprising. I mean, Wentz was so good um, down the stretch. You know, all those games that people on paper thought in the beginning of the season, wow, those are definite wins. Then we go and lose to the Dolphins. It's like okay, now you know nothing's given in this league. It really makes you think nothing's given yeah. in this league. Nope. Wentz was able to do that. So Dak, again, listen, when Rogers retires, when Breeze retires, Dak's in the top five, no question. Um, and he's worth money. I'm not saying he's not worth money. He's definitely worth, listen, $35 million. Right. Is anybody really worth $35 million? You know, is, is it, probably not, yeah. but that's the, that's the Patrick payday. Patrick Mahomes, and that's it. Yeah, but that's the payday. That's what I'm saying. That's the payday these days. This is what the quarterbacks get. If you don't want to pay that money, then they'll go somewhere else and find somebody that will pay them that money. Hey, well, the thing God. is, yeah, you know, everybody with these drafts now that Herbert's out and Tua's out, you know, Burrow, obviously, not a ton of teams are really looking for, like, a starting job right now. Now, let's mention uh, Mahomes' stats in the, two, in the two seasons that he actually started as quarterback, 2018 and 2019. 2018, he had a great year. 2019, he had just as great but um in 2018 he threw for 50 touchdowns uh over 5,000 yards the next year uh 4,000 yards he was still in talks for MVP and then you go to a guy like Dak Prescott who who has um consistently over almost nearly to 4,000 yards each season um I still don't believe he's a guy that need, deserves to be paid 45 annually as he wanted north of uh, 45 million. 35 to me is still high for him, but he is, as Max said, he, he's a mobile, very mobile quarterback, 826 um, career rushing yards. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think we're all on the same page here. His deck Prescott definitely is not a quarterback that needs to be, deserves to be paid 45 mil. No. Now you can no. now I can play devil's advocate real quick and say that Patrick Mahomes has good weapons around him, but let's not argue about so the fact Dak. that right. So does Dak, but let's not argue with the fact that Patrick Mahomes made some throws that first off you shouldn't make in the NFL, but he made it look easy because he's Patrick Mahomes. All right, let's be honest here. And then to make matters worse, the kid came into the NFL and didn't know how to read a defense. It would still through over four thousand yards. The, the, that 50 touchdown um, year that you talked about, yeah, that was the year that he talked about in an interview which he didn't know how to read defenses. Are you kidding me right now? Yeah, it's sick. I think that year behind Alex Smith helped him, though. You know, Any quarterback, you know, look at Rodgers having those years behind Favre, a couple. Uh, I don't know what it is about it. I mean, uh, I guess just a lot of film studying. And then he comes – I mean, he's always had the talent. We know that, Watch even watching him back at Texas Tech. But to come into the league and do what he's doing, um, it's been incredible. Um, his first three years as a starter, you know, you go and you go to the AFC championship game, you lose to Brady, then you go and win a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, 
this guy deserves the money he's going to get. Uh, it, it's I just, agree. Just a fact, you know, he, he brings in the TV ratings. He brings in the, the concessions, the jersey sales, the the wins. Mm-hmm. You know, he wins, obviously, the most yes. important thing. So uh, I know it's going to be an expensive yeah. price tag. I mean, I don't know what we're talking about completely here. I, I'm going to assume 50 mil around there, but yeah. it'll be interesting to see. He definitely deserves to get paid. That's that, no question about that. And I understand um, the discussions that, if it was Tony Romo, he would have been paid already. And I understand that Dak Prescott deserves to be paid 100%. Yes. But the discussion is more on how much he deserves to get paid. I also want to touch on a quarterback that none of us include on the list. I think Max did mention him, though. What would it take for Jimmy G to be on top on the list? He had um, 3,978 passing yards for the season that he played um, this last season where he, he played 16 games where he um, – he threw for 27 touchdowns, uh, 13 interceptions. What do you think Jimmy G uh, could do to become uh, to be a quarterback on that list eventually? So for me, so for me, um, he has to do he has to do the same thing that he did over again. So that in, that offense in that defense, it almost reminded me of the Philadelphia Eagles season that they won the Super Bowl. Like everything was just on point. Everybody was clicking. Everybody was a unit. The coaching, the players. Everything was working together until the Super Bowl. Then you get to the Super Bowl and you start seeing what Jimmy G really looks like. All right. So he shut down the run and that play action pass. All right. Maybe he really ain't worth two cents. Hmm. Interesting. I'm sorry. He has to grow on those passing skills and being able to learn how to read a defense without having to rely on that play action and without having to rely on that running game. Until he proves that, he's not going to be able to move up in the rankings for me. To, to me, me uh, go ahead, Tanner. Uh, to me, what really um, uh, makes my decision why uh, Jimmy G still has a, a few more years to go to make his uh, spot on that list is we we saw it twice. Uh, they played the Seahawks twice, and in both those games, Jimmy G made a couple of throws that just made no sense at all mm-hmm. and put his team at risk each time he did that. And that's what really, to me, I remember that from earlier on the season. I still remember that. And I pin that to Jimmy G on what he needs to improve on is awareness. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's for me, that's his biggest problem. I agree with you. Some of those throws, I was looking at him like, what, what the f- yeah. is that? Seriously. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, listen, you guys made great points. Um, I'm going to say, to keep it simple here, I think he's got to go to a different team. Um, and wow. To get wow. To the top five. Um, here's why. Uh, they run the football there in San Fran. Yeah, you know, it's flat out. You know, Tevin Coleman last year, you had Matt Breida, who's now gone, but, you know, they ran it. You know, Kyle Shanahan loves to run the football. Jimmy G didn't have to throw the ball a lot. And uh, when he did, um, eye-opening in the Super Bowl, for example, when he did have to throw the ball, uh, wasn't able to get the job done. You know, overthrowing Emmanuel Sanders on a wide-open, you know, post uh, down down the middle of the field, and that's the Super Bowl right there. He, if he hits that, uh, Sanders goes to the end zone, and uh, we could be having a completely different yep. discussion right now. But and now Sanders um, is on the Saints, so yeah. So now, now Sanders is gone. Um, I think he had talented weapons. I mean, look at Kittle, Sanders at the trade deadline last year as well. He's got talent uh, around him, and uh, I think you know he wasn't a great mobile quarterback to begin with. Um, he's, he he could move, obviously, yeah, he got the um, job being done. young. But uh, now he tore his ACL uh, a few years back now, and uh, I don't know if he'll have that same mobility throughout the future. So I think that will hurt him a little bit. Um, but again, until that offense changes, um, not that it's a bad thing, you know, obviously San Fran won with, uh, won a lot of games with that offense, but to be in that top five, you got to throw the football a ton. Mm-hmm. And um, he's, he hasn't been doing that in his first couple of years in San Francisco flat out. So 
Uh, I don't know. We'll see what happens there. Uh, San Fran is definitely going to be another powerhouse this year. And I'm looking, I think Seattle is probably my pick to uh, go to the Super Bowl out of the NFC this upcoming year. Um, NFC is going to be very competitive as always. Yeah, 100% always is. Um, And Kansas City has to be the pick in the AFC still. But, you know, that's a topic for another day. We'll talk about that um, down the road. I do want to touch on real quick transitioning here um, to Harper's comments. We wanted to bring that up. Mm -hmm. Um, Really touchy subject because of how uh, the virus is affecting a lot of families right now um, as far as money. Uh, people need to put food on their table and things like that. Again, um, I always want to mention this for every show um, that we do here. Hopefully everybody's safe at home. And, uh, you know, obviously we're praying for the loved ones who's been affected by this all over the country and in the world. But, you know, Bryce comes out, he says players, and he, he doesn't he doesn't really say much. He just backs what Blake Snell, pitcher for the Tampa Bay Rays, said mm-hmm. um, about how players still deserve their salary, if I'm correct, T. Um, to clarify mm-hmm. that, I, I think that's basically what the whole yeah. idea of this was. Yep, that's basically um, what he said. Yeah, so um, I don't know. Uh, like, like I said, I'm a Bryce guy um, to the grave. So, uh, will uh, I'm gonna always back him, but uh, probably not the best time. Probably not the best time to uh, to speak up about a touchy subject, especially during um, the pandemic that we're in. I agree. Um, to me, this was a situation of timing, uh, just poor timing. Uh, the comment uh, was made during. With the whole world, this is a pandemic that's going on right now, and there's other problems to worry about than a player just getting more millions. Yeah. Um, when people are struggling to get by, and uh, really struggling, people, some people are struggling. Their their lives are at stake, and there's a, a bunch of other stuff going on. And also, timing wise, with how he played last season, um, I know he he still he still had a he had a good season. Yeah. As Max will definitely back me up in that, but it wasn't <laughs> the season that we were expecting. Nope. And considering how long his contract um, lasts to and how much money he got, it just the timing wasn't right to make that um, to make that comment. And it, Do we know it's hard? Poor timing. My yeah, th- my thing is okay. I hear what you guys are saying, and yes, we're talking about athletes that are making millions of dollars probably more money than any of us will ever see and during this pandemic where people have lost multiple jobs i know me personally i've lost one of my jobs but luckily i still have my other one but that's you know that's another story for another day i'm still grateful for that one job but here's the thing in business you still sign a contract and that contract says that this player is going to get paid x amount of money period now we're not talking about you know, him going out there and playing, that's, you know, that's a different part of the contract. But these players are still owed some part of the contract. So I agree. I agree with Bryce Harper to an extent. These players do need to get their money. They full extended their money. Because look here, while I understand that we're in a pandemic and maybe the comments were in bad taste and bad timing, but at the end of the day, they still have families to take care of, too. Yes, we're talking, like I said, we're talking about an athlete that makes millions of dollars. But once again, you signed the player and the team made an agreement that this player was going to be paid X amount of money, regardless if he's on the field or not. So guess what? That player's owed that money, regardless yeah. of how you feel about it. Politics come into play here. It gets really political. Um I will say this, T. I agree with you. If you got you sign the contract, um, nowhere in the contract does it say oh, if a pandemic happens, right? You know this, that, and the other thing. I think you pay the guys. Hopefully, they have a good heart and they say, okay, I don't need obviously forty million, whatever the, the check is. 
Um, maybe they donate some of it, you know, things like that. Um, food banks. Um, I know Tobias actually just went down the Temple mm-hmm. um, last week, uh, partnered with Chick-fil-A uh, down at Temple University Hospital. So, I mean, things like that. You know what I mean? I hope that um, when they get their pay, which is probably going to happen, you know, these guys are going to get paid um, their salary. And, um, you know, they did sign a contract. That's the big thing. Um, so they will get the money. Hopefully um, they're able to donate because that's what people need right now. You know, they need people to step up and, uh, you know, help the communities out any way we can. You know, I'm still working to, um, you know, and I know you are too, Tanner as well. So, um, you know, we're, we're doing our part. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I, you guys know I work at a, you know, retirement community, um, you know, I'm on delivering food, things like that. Tanner, you've been doing stuff in the community as well. I know that. And so you're doing your thing as well. So, um, you know, as for us being, you know, not making 330 million a year like Harper does, um, you know, I, I know that he can give a little bit more than we can, obviously. Um, and again, Tanner, I do agree with the, the whole performance thing as well. Um, 260 batting hours last year. Um, he did have his highest RBI total of his career, did hit over 30 bombs. Um, so maybe people look at that more than the average. But again, uh, getting paid that contract, what do you have to do? You know, what do you really have to do in order to live up to it? Um, we were sitting here talking about when we signed into the contract, what do we expect? Everybody was putting numbers through the roof because of the money. And that, that's something that'll never go away through, you know, till he's 38, 39, whenever the contract's up. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens again. Hopefully we have a season coming up this year and I I think he's ready. You know, obviously all these guys have their own, um, you know, diets and, um, trainers and they're in the cages every day. I'm sure swinging keeping themselves fresh. Um, so we'll see what happens. Um, again, but, but to get back to the main topic, just bad timing, um, a hundred percent overall. I have to agree. Yeah. I, I, yeah. It's a shame it was bad timing, but you know, that's, that's neither here nor there. Yeah. Uh, let, let's move on here. Uh, really quick. Uh, this, this last dance documentary, I thought it was yeah. great. Um, it I really was did. An excellent I documentary. Put together, uh, something that we, you know, as sports fans can hang out on Sunday nights and, uh, check it out for two hours. I thought it was great. Um, you know, obviously, Growing up, not seeing him play his live in his career, um, we wanted to uh, you know get more insight. Um, everybody walks around growing up with nine, ten, you know, twelve years old. Oh, George's the best player ever. Well, we grew up in an era with LeBron James. And mm-hmm. We're always saying, "Oh, LeBron's the best." But getting insight into Jordan and seeing uh, behind the scenes stuff, even personal relationships he built, um, and you know, game, games that I forgot about or didn't even know, especially you know how great Carl Malone was and the Jazz era, Reggie Miller how great he was in those battles. Um, the bad boy pissed mm-hmm. in Isaiah Thomas. Yes. Um, we're how talking about a lot nasty. Of that rivalry was, it was great. Um, so, I mean, the fast thoughts real quick T. Um, I know you caught it. So, um, you know, Jordan, I mean, God, best player after watching that, you can't <laughs> really disagree. I'm sure. Uh, I mean, so, man, he put together so many great seasons. So pretty much, um, the last couple of years of Jordan's career is the ones that I was able to watch as a, as a young, young, young kid, so I do kind of remember some of those games and sitting in some of those conversations. And yeah, I'm sorry, but you can't walk away from the documentary and not think that Jordan isn't the greatest of all time. And it's a shame how that team, you know, got, you know, dissembled because the thought was that they were old and it was time to be renewed. Yeah, the and, money too. That's money came in, a, became a factor. Which is crazy because once again, in you think about Scottie Pippen's contract, like he was getting paid pennies on a dollar compared to what he was supposed to make. Like mm-hmm. that for me, that was incredible. And then Jordan never got paid the max amount. Like he always kept taking one year deals because he always right. cared about keeping the core of the team together. He worried about those other guys getting their money. Mm-hmm. So it 
like just bring all of that into perspective and how everything came together in that last season. In my personal opinion, I I think that the team shouldn't have been broken up until somebody came in and stopped them. I'm I sorry. Agree. Like, uh, I I do agree, Tanner. Uh, you want to get a couple points in it, and I'll go after you. Yeah, I just I think this was this was a great way to see uh, to really see his work ethic. And although some people could come out of this uh, saying that Jordan was somewhat of a jerk. Um, it's also you can't go without seeing how much of a hard worker he was and how he really is the greatest uh, yeah. to ever play. Yes. Yeah, no, agreed 100%. Um, I thought, just some quick facts, I thought were interesting. Uh, Dennis Rodman, um, how, how his acts. I mean, this you were talking about a guy who left in the middle of the NBA Finals to go wrestle in WWE against <laughs> Hulk Hogan and things like that. Who and does know, that? Leaving uh, during the regular season, going to Vegas. You know, Jordan has to literally fly out to Vegas, literally get him on the plane, drag him out of the hotel room. Um, he was that in was crazy. Electra, brings him back, throws him on the plane, and gets him back to practice. Um, and again, the funny thing I thought about all this was people were obviously talking about Robin, like how in, in the hell are you still on the team? And Jordan would just say, listen, you guys are lucky that he's here right now because, you know, Rodman would ball out the next night whenever he would play again. Yes. Um, and that's the ultimate goal. If this happened in our era today, I mean, these guys are getting fined like crazy. They're getting kicked oh, off the yeah. team probably, things like that. So uh, it was just crazy. I, I thought that was just ridiculous. I mean, think about, uh, oh, uh, Ben Simmons, sorry. Uh, I'll see you guys uh, in game five of the finals. I'm missing <laughs> two and three. He's got to uh, go sunbathe with Kendall Jenner. <laughs> <laughs> You understand what I'm saying to you? Thinking about that is just ridiculous, man. I mean, um, I thought battles uh, in college. Um, one thing I, I noted was James Worthy. I mean, you're talking about one of the one of the best ever uh, at North Carolina. Jordan uh, shows up in North Carolina tr- trying to become the best player on the team. He shows up day one. James Worthy's better than him, flat out. He, he, he says it in the video. I was better than him. Um, two weeks into camp in North Carolina, and Jordan's the best player on the team. I'm dragging Worthy back. Um, out on the court after practice, you know, they're dying, bent over at the knees um, after a two-hour practice, and Jordan's still running perfectly on the uh, fine on the court. So, Because uh, that know, guy doesn't know what the hell he's overall, doing. Overall, it was great. Um, and at the end, um, I want to get your guys' opinion. Was it a push-off at the end? Was it a push-off in game Oh, six come on. Was it a push-off? A lot of he people barely said, oh. touched him. Get out of here yeah. with that. A lot of people uh, – Stop it. Um, if, you're not a, if you're not a Jordan fan – I'm sure it was a push off, but again, no, not, not a lot of contact. I mean, he had the guy's ankles broken, but um, you know, iconic shot. Obviously, um, that'll go down one of the mm-hmm. biggest shots ever. And uh, I do think if they stay together, they can have won seven. And if I Jordan agree. didn't uh, go and quit and play baseball for a little while, <laughs> uh, they probably would have had uh, what eight in a row there. So. Yeah, you're talking seven, eight championships potentially, but man, hundred um, percent. I, I just we haven't talked Sixers in weeks now. Transition uh, probably the last topic of the night, real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, Sixers, uh, if the season comes back, uh, we know they weren't hot when this season um, was put on hold. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as a NBA in general, here um, I want to know your how how are they going to do this? Uh, we've heard things. Okay, uh, two cities obviously to play these games, and also just the rust. I mean, we're talking about the Lakers and LeBron James, the Clippers and Kawhi Leonard. I mean these big-time talented teams, uh, Clay Thompson, where's his recovery process at? This is a guy we haven't really talked about in about a year since last year's finals. Is he – I don't. we haven't heard a single word. Is he going to be ready? I mean, the GM uh, there, Bob Myers, is saying no way is Clay playing this year. But 
we'll see what happens. I mean, if he comes back, then what happens? I mean, I know Golden State's out of it. I mean, really are, but it would just be <laughs> fun to watch him play again uh, and watch these NBA guys get back at it. So do you think there's uh, there's going to be any change in the standings as far as if they get back and if they have any regular season uh, left? Will there be a big juggle? Um, and obviously, I know youth plays a factor too. Well, right now, the Eastern Conference, it's the Bucks, the Raptors, Celtics, Heat, Pacers, Sixers, Nets, and Magic. Um, so, uh, that's, what do you, what do you think uh, would be, how do you think the tournament would go? So how they're describing it, and I, I kind of watched a little bit of it when they talked about it on ESPN, um, this morning. So Adam Silver, the commissioner of the, of the NBA is talking about making a tournament where the lower end, I, I believe he, he, I believe they said the seven seed on down, they were going to compete in a tournament where it would determine the last two slots of um, of the playoffs. And I'm just sitting here going, this got to be the dumbest idea I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> no, seriously, this is a dumb idea. Like, seriously, this is asinine, straight up. I Yo, want winners. I don't want to see no loser franchise happen. just happen to be compete okay. against a team that's already guaranteed a slot in the, in the playoffs, and then they get offset. By some nobodies? I don't want to see that crap. I don't want to see the Phoenix Suns. Come on, man. Now, let me ask you a question. If the Nets, uh, if they do play in the, um, if they do the playoffs and however they do it, and the Nets are in it, would it be smart for Kevin Durant to play? No. And I'm going to tell you why. It's something that. Oh, man. Tanner, with the questions, man. That's a big one. I say no because it's something that I brought up in the last show. You're talking about guys who hasn't who haven't played any kind of physical contact, any kind of physical sport, any kind of basketball, period. Some of these guys haven't played for about two, three months now. So one, these guys are out of shape. Two, their body are are they're not now their bodies are not what's the word I'm looking for? They're not programmed to go at a basket to go compete in a basketball game. Now you're talking about potentially potential injuries creeping up in the games now. Yeah, Durant's I, I already Durant's already coming off a major injury. The last thing you want is for a franchise player like Durant to yeah. be coming in, but can potentially get you into the playoffs. But then he's going to re-injure himself, and now he's, he's not going to be available for the next season. He's well rested. He's well rested, we but he's still not in basketball shape. We saw him push the injury uh, in Golden State. You know, he tried to get out there, and uh, that, exactly. Look what happened. Listen, it's not like he's going to jump in there and forget how to dribble the ball. No, no, no. I know. I'm not saying. And, and T, I will say this. You know, he is working. I mean, we know he's a he's yeah. one of the biggest professional icons in our sport today. No basketball. Doubt. He's working. You know, he. I know he's obviously going to stay in shape throughout all this and you know rehab and everything. As a sports fan, of course, I want to see him back. I want to see Irving back too. I know he was battling injuries the last oh, yeah. uh, few months there, and the, he was battling the a few uh, emotional issues as well. Yeah. Um, so if they can, those two guys, we talked about this when they signed both of them. Uh, maybe not this year, down the road, two three years. Watch out for the Nets. Um, not saying this is going to happen because I do agree. I don't think you play him uh, no. with the injury no. possibility. Um, but down the road, you know, you pair these two with Spencer Dinwiddie, who's kind of been breaking out. Um, the, the past year or two, uh, that that makes for a good big three. Um, and I'm I'm worried about the Sixers. I, I really am worried about the Sixers. The more we have time to sit here and really think about everything that happens, because when we're watching it during a regular season, oh man, we're bashing Horford about how badly he's playing. But we got a game two nights later, so okay, our mindset is let's go to the next a game. Damn jump shot. 100. But our mindset is okay. Let's go to the next game. Let's watch. Now that we're sitting here and we're like, man, like these. First of all, 
the players aren't performing at a high level. We signed Tobias Harris, big contract. Same thing with Horford. These guys it's aren't stupid. living up to it. And it's just it, it it's really handcuffing us for the future because these guys are owed money and they have long term deals. These aren't one year deals. These aren't two year contracts. These guys are locked mm-hmm. four or five years. I mean, Elton Brand, you know, gotta love the guy. I mean, former Sixer, but Bad, bad, bad decision-making, in my opinion. I know Jimmy, we didn't have the opportunity to keep Jimmy. He wanted out. He was going to Miami. Wasn't going to come back to us. But I hear you. It's a shame. It, it really is. Uh, Joel Embiid and, and Simmons battling injuries, obviously, um, at the end of, you know, before the pandemic started. They should be fine and healthy and ready to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as a Sixers fan right now, looking around the league, um, especially in, you know, our conference, the Heat are really good. Me and Tanner were talking about this uh, off-camera. Heat are going to be up and coming down the road. They are. The Nets, the Celtics, the Raptors are always going to be there. Um, and Kyle Lowry, I mean, God, shout out to him. This guy's 30-plus years old. He's, he just keeps balling, man. The he East doesn't is, slow down. The, and East it's is really going to be very, the East is going to be very competitive for years to come. And unfortunately, if the Sixers continue their, you know, 500 ways, their iffy ways, then I'm sorry. They're going to I lose think their we're, pecking we're, order. We're definitely uh, not – we're we're bottom feeder playoff team. We're we're yeah. six, seven, eight seed right now. And if the Nets or who are probably what like seventh right now, yep. when they get KD and Kyrie healthy up, I, I really do think uh, we're trended in the wrong direction. While you know these other teams, Indiana Pacers, another team I haven't mentioned, we're talking about five, six other Eastern Conference teams. They're really trending up. They're getting they're young. They have yeah. a veteran talent around them as well. And the and, Orlando Magic, who's sitting in that eighth spot now, all of a sudden they're starting to emerge as well. Uh, you know, Tanner, you're laughing, but. The Orlando Magic might be something you we need to pay attention to. T, T, you know why I'm laughing? Because I know you don't want to say that man's name. That's I don't want to say his name. Fultz. Don't you say his name. Why did you say his name? What's the matter with you? <laughs> I, I also want to say how this is really just oh, playing man, at this point with uh, trying to figure out when the playoffs are going to be. Because at this point, I would already have been starting to get over how the Sixers blew it in the playoffs. And I would be trying to get on with my summer vacation. But now... I have to go through this again and see the Sixers blow it. Yeah. Just, Especially with a long layoff. It's almost like agonizing. Yeah. Like, okay, we're going to yeah. have a long layoff. Just waiting Boom. for the Sixers to blow it. This yeah. is some bullshit. I, I really look up and down. We we talk, We talk. look at the Eagles. You know, they just have front office uh, personnel, uh, coaching. You know, they got it. They got it set. I look at our, the Sixers, and it's not one factor here. All mm-hmm. right. Brett Brown is a problem. We know that for a fact. Brett Brown's just a problem. I really don't think he gets in these guys' ears anymore. Uh, this, the personnel, not that they're not talented players. I think if Horford goes back to the Celtics tomorrow, he's back to being Al Horford, the one we know and love. You know, I know in Boston he hurt us, and we, we brought him to the Sixers. Like, yeah, okay, well, he's here in Philly now. But he doesn't fit the scheme. He doesn't fit the system that Brett Brown's implementing. Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid has always been a problem, Tanner. We know that. Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid just haven't fit. We've brought up literally on the show that we trade one of them. I mean, that's how sick – it's gotten yeah. to that point before. Yeah, um, Brett- and Tobias Harris, who is a role, he, he really is like a fourth guy, and he's getting paid to be a one. Mm-hmm. You know, he's getting paid $180 million to be the one, and he's a good, solid role player. There's a reason that Tobias Harris has been on what, four, five, six different teams throughout his career. There's a reason for that. I mean, if this guy was a franchise player, if he was a five year, $180 million player, he would not have been on the Magic, the Pistons. Uh, where else was he? Well, he on the Bucks. I forget. I think it was in the Bucks maybe early on in his career. It's a guy who's been uh, traveling all over the different teams. Um, and Horford, great in Atlanta, great in Boston. Only 33 years old for a basketball player and uh, playing a power forward center position. 
having his veteran leadership as well, you don't expect him to be performing. He's averaging what, like 11, 12 points per game? No mm-hmm. way. No way. He's been improving that three-point shot in Boston. We bring him to Philadelphia. He's struggling from three-point range. And, and, and these guys yeah. come out in the conferences, the new conferences, and they say post-game, I don't know what my role is. You know, Brett Brown's not telling me my role. Brett Brown, needs, Brett Brown needs to get some Doug P in them. Pull your head out of your ass! I agree. Brett Brown, Doug P, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Even the GM, Elton Brand, making bad choices. Not that Josh Richardson is a bad deal, too. You got to no, think about that. He has. Deal. He wasn't a bad idea. It wasn't a bad idea. Um, and I think Josh Richardson is arguably one of our better players. Um, obviously, our starting shooting guard uh, can do it on both ends as well. Um, but, again, I just look back to the team that I think should have gotten the job done, and that was last year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Jimmy Butler, I mean, literally, how many games did he win for single-handedly? Um, if that shot doesn't go into Kawhi, we're probably you could be looking way different right now. I think we go into overtime, and I think we win that overtime game if we get there. Obviously, it doesn't work out that way. Um, but again, I want to mention one more thing, and I'll turn it over to you guys: Marco Bellinelli and Ersan Elisovi. That season, those were key guys at the deadline that we got. Key guys. They stepped in down the stretch, shot the ball really well from three, and Ersan Elisovi taking all those yeah. charges. Now this year, who do we get? Who did Elton Brand help us with? Who did he really help us with? He didn't get an Elisova. He didn't get a Bellinelli. He got. He got a Glenn Robinson the third, and he got an Alec Burks. I mean, come on. I'm sick of this. I agree. Yeah. Completely it's, agree. It's frustrating that just to uh, be close and, and get to the playoffs, uh, be excited for it the last two years, and now all of a sudden, um, you know, it's not where we want it to be, and hopefully, yep. uh, you know, it gets turned around. That's all we can hope for. Yep. Um, and, and with that, see, I think, I think we shut it down. Yep. All right. All righty. Before we end the show, yeah. though, I, I do want to take a moment and thank uh, everyone, the doctors and nurses and the healthcare yes. workers, uh, working in the hospitals and um, really helping out with this whole situation. On behalf of everybody here at the Philly Experience Podcast, you know, we definitely appreciate the nurses and, you know, the grocery workers and basically the workers in general that still go on out there. They're still busting their tail, just putting their life on the line to keep, you know, to keep everybody going, to keep everybody, you know, healthy and to you know, keep everybody stocked, you know, we definitely appreciate it. I know for a fact, you know, stocking the store ain't easy. So Yep, they know everything everybody's saying here, hundred percent. Hopefully, uh, you know, it's as a matter it's hopefully getting better. Um, Yeah. As a matter of fact as a matter of fact, that's what Chris is doing now. Chris is um at work, um unfortunately, so he couldn't be here. So shout out to Chris for doing his job and keeping us going. Yes, sir, Chris, working hard late too. We're talking ten o'clock on Thursday. So uh shout out Chris. Yeah, definitely wish you could be here. Um, we're missing oh, the hockey segment tonight. You know, I always like talking hockey with Chris. Um, so uh, hopefully he's back next week, though, if, if, if you can get back. Oh, definitely. Oh, come on, definitely. You piece of Swiss cheese. All right. If you guys, All right, let's shut it down. If you guys missed any of this episode, you can always go to philly-experience.simplecast.com. We are on all major platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and more. And listen, once again, like we said, Shout out to all the nurses and all the professionals out there, all the workers, store clerks that's still working through this pandemic. Prayerfully, we'll get through this together. All right. Stay safe. Stay safe, everybody, next week. What's going on, everybody? (laughs) I want Mason Roy help. I'm not giving Jerry Jones my money. F*** that guy. Kind of circumcising the mosquito. Mm-hmm.